0: Welcome to the SVK Betting Podcast for the second episode of our Aintree mini-series. Tom Collins here in the hot seat, and as always, I'm joined by the brilliant Ross Miller. Day one of the Grand National Meeting is in the books. We're a third of the way through the festival. Obviously, we've got racing on Friday and Saturday to come, all the while building up to the jumps racing showpiece event at 515 on Saturday, the Grand National. The story of the first day was that Shishkin won the bowl, a race that didn't feature Brave Man's game. The step-up and trip saw Nicky Henderson's chaser perform much better than he did at Cheltenham in the Ryanair, but in my opinion, he, was, he still looked a little bit recalcitrant and didn't have that sparkle of old. Ahoy Senor ran second in the race. He ran very well. Maybe a mistake at the last cost him. A Tard was given a, a great ride, just pretty disappointing. The same could be said for conflated. Ross, what did you make of that race?
1: Uh, I I I agree TC I think um Apple I think we have to concede now that he's he's for whatever reason not the horse he was 2 seasons ago. Um I, I think it highlights once again just how good Nicky Henderson is to to get that horse back to take a tongue tongue tie off tweak a few things just 28 days on from a from a very lackluster run uh, in the Ryanair is really impressive and I would also just point out I mean I I'm a big fan of Nico de Boyneville, and I get quite frustrated when I read on Twitter that you know he's not very strong in a finish Well, he was plenty strong enough there um I think it's just amazing that Shishkin ever won over two miles because going to sort of between three out and two out I was watching and thinking well I think people are saying he doesn't stay and actually I'm going to take the view that he's the race has come a bit soon from from the Ryanair and then all of a sudden the turbo kicks in and and he powers away. Um, I think it makes the Gold Cup really exciting next year. Uh, a bona fide contender uh, to Gallup in Deschamps, because I don't see anything coming out of the novice ranks to, to shake him up. Um, yeah, I thought it was a brilliant piece of training, a brilliant piece of riding. Um, and what a tough horse. Something the sport's all about. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly that. He was very tough. Uh, and as you said, he, he did look beaten um, at the second last. So Hoisin, I think, traded at 1-12. to in running but uh, he stayed powerfully and that mistake at the last definitely cost lucinda russell's horse any chance of winning and you mentioned then Nicky henderson well he had a great day because constitution hill retained his unbeaten record seven for seven now by bolting up in the entry hurdle winning margin was only three lengths he was a bit more workman like than we've seen in the past what did you make of the race obviously it was a one horse event from the outset
1: yeah his, his jumping was was excellent um as I was saying all last season, this is his trip, should never have gone for the Supreme. Um, He's just a magical, magical horse. Um, I was watching something the other day with um, a heavyweight boxer saying he'd knocked his opponent out in the first round and he said he then went and did sort of half an hour's training. Um, I wonder whether they're going to box Shishkin back and and get the Land Rover lights up on the gallops and actually do a bit of work with him because I don't think he he did a a tap really today. I think it was a, a stroll round. I think, again, Nico was... Very intelligent. They would have been every inkling, I suppose, to jump the last and press the turbo button to get that electric feeling once again. He didn't. He just sort of canted him quietly to the line, looking after the horse for the future. Um Yet yeah, another exciting, another exciting horse. And who knows where they'll go? But wherever they go, it'll be exciting, and it, and it will be well thought out and, and well executed. Whatever they do.
0: Yeah, definitely. This horse is uh, going to be carrying our sport for at least another couple of seasons. I'm sure, and probably longer than that as well. So they won't want to misplace him. Um, next year and the season after that. There was talk in interviews after about going a hurdling route again from Nicky Henderson. I feel like he's in the camp of hurdling and uh, the owner Michael Buckley's in the camp of chasing, but that'll soon come to fruition over the the summer and we'll find out where he goes next year. Uh, Other highlights on the first day of the entry grand national meeting, Banbridge won the manifesto, my nap, which was good considering how badly the naps did uh, from myself at the Cheltenham Festival. He won, got the podcast off to a good start. And the ground was reportedly on the good side of good to soft. So it wasn't even as soft as we were saying. And we didn't think it was going to be soft. It looked beautiful out there.
1: What did you make of the ground conditions? Yeah, su- surprise TC. Um, I had to sort of completely overhaul what I was planning on doing today. I, sp- I spoke to a friend who's up that direction. who said that the rain's just not, we've been dry since midnight. It's been sunny and breezy. It's going to be quicker than good. He, uh, quicker than good to soft, he called it. Um And I said he. Are you sure? Um, and he said, I wouldn't be surprised if they water later this week. So that meant a, a complete overhaul. Bambridge got his ground. He's a really good jumper. Um, had that race sewn up, I think. I think uh, he's an exciting horse. And he might just be one that could step up in trip as well, I think, in time.
0: Yeah, definitely. He raced a little bit lazy in the early stages and then really found his stride, jumped perfectly throughout and, and pulled away late on. Stage style was disappointing in that heat. Maybe the Cheltenham Festival uh, victory took its toll on him. Right, let's look ahead then to Friday's racing. And we'll start with the featured Grade 1 Mars Chase. Now, Ascot Chase runner-up, Pick Dore, he is currently 9-4 to joint favourite alongside Fakir Duderie, who's won this race for the last two years. But we'll have to reverse the form with his aforementioned foe. There, Hitman is five to one and it's nine to one, bar those three. What do you make of the two jollies, Ross? And who is the value play, please? Uh,
1: I I think the ground has gone against uh, Joseph O'Brien's charge. I think if the ground had been softer, I would have perhaps entertained him having a chance of, of bouncing back from a poor run at Ascot. I think on this ground, this looks like a, an ideal setup for Pick Dory. I got to be honest, I was against him earlier in the week when we thought it was going to be soft, but this nice ground he's going to bounce off that. The one concern is that maybe he's looked better right-handed, but I think he he did run well at Newbury when he when he fell. He was running a mighty race actually, and just launched at one as a novice, um, so it doesn't overly concern me. I think ground for him is really important. I think he'd just be too quick for these actually. Um, I love Fugitive, but I think he would would want the rain. Um, which isn't going to come. So I think Pictor is the one they've all got to beat.
0: Yeah, Pictor, he is nine to four, uh, as already mentioned. And I would be slightly uh, more worried than you about the right—the fact he's going left-handed now compared to right-handed. I think he's a right-handed horse, but at the same time, he's got every chance on form. And as you say, conditions have come in his favour. Fugitive is nine to one, if you like, Ross's other uh, selection in the race. My eye was taken by Miller's bank at tens, but then again, it'll be a very intensive play, just purely on the basis that he always runs well at Aintree, especially at this meeting. And Alex Hales will have him spot on second time back after wind surgery. Right, one other race to look at, and that's the Topham. 30 runners will embark over two mile five furlongs on the Grand National course. Ashtown Ladd and Gesquiel are eight to one joint favourites at this stage. They finished first and second respectively over this course in the Beecher earlier this season. Willie Mullins has a bunch of runners at the top of the weights as well. Uh, including Horton Colleur and Burroughs Saint. Grand Sefton winner, Al Dancer is in there too. Who do you like?
1: I, I don't like either two at the top. I, I, I don't see the, the drop back in trips that you can either uh, Jess get or, or uh, Ashtown Ladd. Uh, you can only imagine that uh, the, the draw to ride Horton Colleur, that was a uh, put your name in a bucket. And if you're the unlucky one to get pulled out, you ride him because he's a bit of a chancy jumper. Um, I'm really keen on final orders. I think he ran a mighty race at Cheltenham in the grand annual where he just got a bit outpaced and and finished really well. I like his low, slick jumping style. And then just two others at at bigger prices, um, Equus Dancer, largely just because it's trained by Peter Bowen and he is absolutely mustered in these races. But when you dig away, he has got the profile of a horse that's been lined up for this two runs over over fences didn't stay three mile on testing ground at Sandown. uh one earlier in the season had a nice win over hurdles last time obviously to protect the mark Pe- uh Sean Bowen rides for Peter Bowen they're a deadly combination in this race so he would interest me at a price and then one at an even bigger price is Dorking Lad horse that's done me well over the years um he's unseated and brought down in his last two runs wouldn't hold that against him and if you just go back to his earlier run in november at kempton over two mile four and a half he was mighty impressive in running away with a with what had looked like a a decent handicap chase um his mark has slid down gary moore 40 percent winners to runners at the moment you, you can't ignore him um and at around about 40 to one i thought he wasn't the worst price
0: yeah so final orders the horse that ross mentioned first there is 10 to one Equus Dancer, 16 to 1. I think you can get 66 on Dorking Lad right now. One thing uh, I want to mention on Equus Dancer, because I had a look at him. I thought his profile was interesting. He's right at the bottom of the weights. Then I clicked on the quote section on the Racing Post website under this horse. And Peter Bowen said something on the 18th of March, 2023. This was his quote. Equistancer has been a good horse. He's very genuine and consistent. We were originally targeting the Topham, but he didn't jump with much fluency last time. And if he wasn't confident over normal fences, he'd have no chance over the national ones. We'll go for a handicap hurdle entry. So they've clearly changed their mind. He wasn't very confident that day uh, about going towards the Topham, but
1: he must have schooled well in the interim. Would that put you off? Uh, yeah, it would, unless you take the view that maybe Mr. Bowen's playing a bit clever here and just making sure the price didn't get too skinny too early.
0: Yeah, that's, that's certainly a possibility, I have to
1: say. Um, I'm going
0: to provide no selection in the top of him. I genuinely don't have uh, a strong opinion on the race, which is unlike me because I, I am very opinionated. But as I provided no selection there, I'll kick us off with a nap and next best on Friday. Now, my nap is going to be Cam Prond in the two mile four furlong handicap hurdle at 220. He's around six to one. He's favourite for the race. So you're not getting extreme value, but he deserves the favouritism that he currently holds. Philip Hobbs and Johnson White have trained this horse to perfection ever since a failed attempt at chasing earlier in the year. They handicapped him. They ran him twice over inadequate trips early in the season, freshened him up, ready for the two big spring festivals. And he ran fantastic at Cheltenham to finish third. He actually went to the last hurdle, four lengths in in front. And he probably would have won that race if he didn't uh, steady into the hurdle and then hang to the the near side rail. Eventually only went down by half a length. Now he's going to entry entry, his favourite course. And if you look back historically at, at Campron's uh, plan race planning and campaigning, in 2021, he ran extremely well in March, followed up with a fantastic performance in April at this track. He finished second in the conditional event, also run tomorrow. Then in 2022, he won, and then he went to Punchestown and won there at the Punchestown Festival in a hugely competitive handicap hurdle. I think April is his month in Camp Ronde. Is going to be a strong selection for me in the 220. And my next best is going to be in the other handicap hurdle at 5.15, and that will be JPR1. Now, he's around 10 to 1 right now. Backing the Tizard horses at Aintree's Grand National Meeting is my main angle, I would say, at this time of year. And this young horse still has sky-high potential. They tried him in Grade 1 company last year, and he wasn't good enough. He's now come off a long layoff. He won very well last time up off a 370-day break. He's only going to improve from that, and I think he's very well treated off a mark
1: of one three one. Ross, who's your napper next best, please? Well, I'm with you on uh, JPR1TC. Um, I think he's going to love that ground. And so, yeah, absolutely with you on him. The NAP is a Lucia. I'm going to give her another chance. I just think things didn't happen for her at Cheltenham. Back on better ground. Nikki Henderson has, has referenced that she's had a better prep into this race than she did for Cheltenham. Um, I just think this doesn't look a deep grade one I think she's got bags of speed um, and I think she'll bounce back to to winning ways in that and then I'm taking you on with my next best Uh, I I could have gone with a Roko but I mentioned him on the on the longer pod with Jess so I thought I'd throw another one in so the next best is in the 220 and it's Captain Comby uh, who I thought was traveling beautifully into the race in the coral uh, hurdle at, at Cheltenham came there swinging and then found absolutely nothing off the bridle on softer ground I'm hoping this better ground and a better prep. Maybe something came to light after Cheltenham. We'll see him in better effect. He still looks nicely handicapped, um, and I think better ground, flatter track, back at a track where he was running a mighty race in the Mersey Hurdle last year when tipping up two out. He certainly wasn't done with it at that point when in fourth. Um, so I'll give him a chance as my next best in the two twenty.
0: Yeah, Lucia's four to one in two fifty five. Captain Combi around twelve to one right now in the two twenty. Regular viewers of this podcast will know all about SBK's previous offer for new customers, but we have a new offer that you shouldn't be missing out on. And that is bet 10 pounds, get 20 pounds for new customers. Create your account and definitely take the most, uh, make the most of that offer. As always, thank you very much for listening to our podcast. This is episode two of three in the H3 mini series. If you just want to listen to genuine uh, general podcasts, we have um, a weekly podcast every Thursday for Saturday's action. So make sure you subscribe below so you don't miss out on any of our content. Back us a like as well. It's appreciated. Um, Moving forward, we need more more winners at Ainsley Ross. Uh, Hopefully, we're going to produce them on Friday, and they're definitely in the Grand National. Grand National preview in episode three. Definitely don't miss that one. It's going to be a cracker, one of the best, hopefully, that we've ever done. We'll be back for that tomorrow. Until then, be very lucky.